Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Today, I got Camilla Slöken. Camilla Slöck has a really cool background. Went to Princeton, went to Harvard, has a PhD from Copenhagen University, and is an associate professor at Copenhagen Business School. Yes. The wonderful school that I went to as well. <laughs> and she was actually in charge of my study program as well. Yeah. When I was studying uh, economics and psychology, super interesting class as well. And then you wrote several books. Yes. Some really interesting books. And today we're going to talk about one of them. Will you say a few words about also the line of study you went into and then the focus of this book? The, my study of theology? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when you study theology, you study history, yeah. uh, languages, Hebrew, uh, Latin and uh, Greek. Yeah. And uh, of course, a lot of German when you are in a Lutheran North European uh, uh, context. So, uh, and you study philosophy. Yeah. Um, so these uh, history, language, and philosophy is what uh, um, shapes the theological uh, master at mm-hmm. Copenhagen University. Cool. And then you wrote a new book about leadership. Yes. What's the title of it? The title is Power and Care. Yeah. In Danish, Magt og Omsorg. Yeah. Um, Power and Care in the Existential Leadership. Yeah. I'm looking at the uh, existentialism and what we could say are the existential dimensions of life. Yeah. And, uh, and what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Those are and, big words. Yes, exactly. Well, if you look at existentialism, uh, that Sartre, uh, as he um, uh, formulated it, it was uh, about freedom. Yeah. Uh, the, f- the responsibility to uh, exercise your freedom and to live life uh, fully. And um, there were not any clear ideas in uh, Sartre's uh, existentialism, nor in existentialism as such, on um, what are the obligations and duties of a modern uh, person or human being. So Sartre is saying, uh, hell, Mm -hmm. that's the others. And that (laughs) that is related to freedom in the sense that uh, the others are the ones that are restricting me from exercising my full potential. Yes. And hi- historically, that could also go back to Nietzsche and other philosophers, but we can take that maybe another day. Yeah. So Sartre was looking at uh, at uh, freedom and uh, responsibility to show yourself off as much as possible. <laughs> and then I was uh, t- trying to look at the leadership literature mm-hmm. and uh, seeing whether, um, analyzing whether uh, leadership literature was in the line of Sartre or something else. And um, I was struck uh, when I started uh, studying leadership 16 years ago at CPS Coming uh, Business School, how um, leadership has this uh, a very strong emphasis on the freedom uh, and the power of the leader. Mm. And I thought that was interesting because uh, when you study theology, uh, also historically, uh, when you when you look historically into um, what has happened in European Western history, mm. it is of course about power and power struggles, but it's also uh, about the uh, restriction and how you al- always, no matter how much power you have, you're always confined about uh, from, uh, from something else. You, you might say Christianity and the church, as also Sartre said, was confining uh, people in the old days. 
but uh, it's more complex. Uh, it's a more complex game between politics and church, where there's a continuous battle. Mm. So to cut all that history short, I was I, I thought it was interesting how we in the 20th century has developed this uh, completely new idea of uh, of uh, freedom as a reality. Yeah. Since it's it's never been <laughs> viewed as a as a reality in that sense. So, um, but leadership emphasizes freedom uh, and the obligation of the leader to uh, shape the organization in his or her own picture. Yeah, but as being a leader as well, you have limited freedom. I think that was one of my first really big realizations that you might have the authority or formal power, yeah. but you're so limited. Exactly. And that's why I thought it's it's a bit weird. How, how come we have all this uh, leadership literature and uh, leadership development? It's billion of uh, dollars every year that are spent on uh, leadership development. Yeah. Um, when it has not very much impact, yeah. it can be, of course, be nice uh, to experience uh, new stuff and hear new stuff. But from uh, measuring uh, the impact of leadership, leadership development, it's not very uh, clear that makes an impact. No. So what is the gap between the whole idea, the literature, the leadership courses, or the whole, uh, I was about to say nonsense, but no, <laughs> but all <laughs> the theory on leadership is you, you have free will, you just do whatever you want. When the experience of leaders, and that's what I wanted to show here, the experience of leaders is are very different. Yeah. They are confronted with the confinement and restrictions and things that they can't uh, make work or that go otherwise, uh, that are sudden, that are unexpected, uh, mm. uncertainty. A lot of uh, the theological concepts that I, I know uh, uh, so well from my uh, theological training at the Comanian University and at Princeton. So I thought, interesting. Yeah. I'll try to combine <laughs> leaders' actual experiences yeah with restrictions uh, yeah. that they uh, experience in their um, exercising or trying to exercise yeah. uh, leadership with um, the leadership theory and with theology. Yeah. So experiences, leadership, theory and theology, that's what I wanted to, 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 to write about in this uh, book. Yeah. So what are some of the concrete things like where, because often when I read leader, leadership literature as well, it's not that hard in theory, but then in practice it's much harder. And there are all of these dilemmas for example, like what can you share with employees or what can't you share? Like, so you don't create too much uncertainty in the organization, but you also want to be caring and someone has personal challenges, but you also have potentially finances that are not really running that well. Yeah. So if you don't get those results, then you have to fire everyone. Like there's, there's so many dilemmas. What are some of the ones that you digged into? But it's, uh, describe it very well. Leadership is to be between power and care, mm. but with care come also the readiness to show vulnerability to yeah. be uh, what we call weak or to be open or soft or vulnerable and this is a it's not so that you either choose i will show power i will show care because sometimes you have the power to show care hmm. sometimes power is to show care of the task and not of the employees so it, it, it's a game depending on the context and the problem you have yeah. The, the definition of what is power and what is care changes. Yeah. Maybe we should just for uh, uh, listeners who yeah. do not know leadership literature, just uh, state it because it's easy to state. When we look at Bernard Bass, who uh, formulated the transformation leadership, which is the most uh, quoted and referenced uh, theory among all in the leadership theory, Bernard Bass said that uh, a transformational leader is charismatic, uh, shows uh, inspiration, uh, intellectual stimulation, and has the capacity to show individualized care. Mm. So you must uh, be charismatic, uh, intellectual 
uh, strong yeah. and also uh, be capable of uh, of showing um, uh, consideration or, or care for uh, for your followers. Yes. And these three uh, or four trademarks or characteristics are um, depicted m- more uh, shallow. Yeah. Uh, in in the leadership literature, because it's easier <laughs> to yeah. say it's easy, of course, yeah. easy. That's easier, yes, uh, than to say it's complicated. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear it's complicated. No, we all think life is already complicated. So now I wanted, uh, I want to see something that is easy to to do. Yes. So what are some of the questions or things to do in those those situations? So I found myself, at least when I was doing my startup, I'm mm-hmm. um, most people would characterize me as a person that's very person-oriented. Yes. Um, when I have my personality scores, I score very high on empathy and um, I really care about other people. That's something people often notice quite fast. Yeah. But I found that was extremely challenging when I had my startup and we were looking at how much money we had left Yes. and how much to share with the team members yes. and create that uncertainty while I wanted to be super transparent and open and tell about the entire situation. That was for me a really big dilemma about how to to yes. be that open, transparent, caring person, but still not give too much uncertainty. It's a very good example of uh, the dilemma of uh, both uh, transformation leadership, but because what does it mean in a practical sense like mm-hmm. that, but also about what does power mean and what does care mean. Yeah. And for this uh, particular situation, uh, care is not to tell uh, now we are this uh, low, now we are this high, no, la, 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 because it creates more um, confusion mm. than uh, clarity. Yeah. So. Uh, some would say, no, no, you must uh, care about them and then tell you're going down or we're going up. But uh, no, and uh, here the, the power and also the obligation to stand up to your um, uh, leadership, mm. uh, to your responsibility to make people uh, feel uh, confidence that, that should follow you. Yeah. Uh, you cannot uh, tell them all the time that we're going up and down and down. What uh, Nils Brunson, a Swedish colleague of mine, he has uh, done with the, what you're talking about, mm. is um, he's talking about hypocrisy. Yeah. which he describes as positive. You cannot tell the whole truth. You have to pretend in some situations we are on the right track, we're doing the right thing. That's enough for now. Yeah. So how far are you going to be hypocritical uh, or not to, to state the, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? That is also, again, context-dependent. But already this is showing the complexity of leadership. Much more complex than when I was studying uh, the wonderful books here at CBS. Yeah. So like, how do you go into that situation? There was much more about this leadership, like the people part and then there's the management part. So management part being like formal task and organizing and leadership being more caring and like moving people. But we didn't have that like when you stand in that dilemma of like, what do you actually do? Well, you have two employees that are having challenges together or people, employees where someone has like some personal issues and you really want to accommodate or help them with that, but you also have the business that are not showing the right results, for example. What do you do in that situation? Like, do you let the person take even more time off because you want to be caring and you want to treat other people as you want to be treated yourself, but it might have the consequence if the business is not strong enough that you have to fire or lay off five people later. Like, what do you do in that situation? How do you find the answer? The problem of the teaching and leadership uh, literature or even yeah. theology or whatever it is, is that every th- any situation is uh, specific of yeah. a context. Yeah. So uh, I try to take some uh, examples here. Some of them are about uh, being a, 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 for having a small division where you 
are vulnerable to people being ill or mm. if it, yeah, just having problems in their own life and what do you do? And some of the many leaders I've talked to over the years, uh, my 16 years here, uh, some have the uh, awareness that you may sometimes have to do things that you would not like to experience yourself, be cruel, say, uh, we don't have uh, enough uh, cash flow yeah. to uh, uh, help you further because we are too small or we are too few. Uh, so what I can do is to help you uh, what to do next yes. because we cannot uh, keep you here. We need uh, uh, the manpower that you uh, don't have the possibility of exercising right now. So how are you human in this situation mm. and how can you uh, uh, be uh, yeah human being yeah. uh, that is that is helping a person uh, in a time of crisis but what i want to discuss is not so much that we um, sometimes will have to lay off people uh, for, uh, uh, for for several reasons what i want to discuss is uh, giving the, the the leaders awareness of uh, that you have power mm. so what do you do with your power yeah. do you say um, uh, when, when things are running well you're all my uh, lovely family. When things are running uh, wrong, you're my stupid employee. Yeah. And what I have been scared about <laughs> talking to leaders over the years is the shift. Yeah. Because you cannot in the one moment when everything was wonderful, I love you, we're family. Yeah. When you have problems, uh, either personally or in your private life, um, uh, it, everything becomes organizational, HR and legal, yes. etc. And this is a very uh, uh, cruel and also very uh, um, violent uh, mm. shift symbolically. Yeah. Uh, and 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 also e even the leaders who have been part of an organization that shifts from family to uh, uh, employee uh, uh, rhetoric are often um, hurt themselves. Uh, yeah. I know it, it's not like it's more <laughs> difficult for me than for you yeah. to lay you off, but uh, it, it can. Then they know what's happening, yeah. and they don't have a language for uh, understanding um, the shift no. or how to uh, talk about it. So. I want to, uh, to discuss this on a deeper level than yeah. and this experience. Why is this such a tough experience for the person who all of a sudden is kicked out and for the leader who is a part of an organization that kicks out coldly with cold blood? Yeah. Uh, and I, what I try to look at now comes back to the existentialism is Sartre's idea of freedom is wonderful, but what, what, what about it in this situation? What is the freedom? You don't have the freedom to continue supporting uh, uh, employees when they are not any cash or in the organization, private or public, for it, you don't have any freedom. Mm -hmm. And the, the person do not have the freedom to say, I, oh, my, 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 my husband who is dying of cancer, he, he's not dying anymore because I decided to. No, we are always confronted with life hitting us in the face. And now we have the coronavirus hitting yeah. us in the face. So we're always hit in the face. So what is the, another place to look? I tried to look at um, Luther's, uh, Martin Luther, the yeah. ref reformers' uh, idea of uh, uh, what are the necessities that uh, bind us, necessities that we cannot um, uh, f uh, flex or we cannot uh, decide they, they should not be there. Mm. And he's talking about well, that is death. It's, death is a part of our life and uh, um, we don't decide if, um, about love, he says, and we don't decide about evil, whether we meet evil or not. It could be happening in the street, you're marked mm. down and you're handicapped or it's somebody you love or your son is yesterday I had someone in, her son had been shot in a gangster uh, narco drug yeah. uh, competition, something crazy. That is also evil. And you have uh, illness yeah. and suffering. So these uh, life and death and love and evil and, and suffering, these are dimensions where we don't decide. 
Yeah. So what do you do in a situation like this? You have to lay somebody off. They have problems. And this is maybe the advice or the, the food for thought. When you are a leader, what are your own views on these five dimensions? Mm. How do you view death? How do you view love? How do you view evil, suffering, and um, and life? Uh, and life can be, of course, a lot of things. But yeah. um, let, so if we stick with the four first ones, it, it's not anything. Uh, for instance, uh, if somebody says, uh, "My husband said yesterday, he's leaving me after 15 years. He doesn't love me anymore." It's not something you decide. No. It happens. Yeah. So we have this small sticker. Shit happens. Yeah. Or life happens. Yeah. Things happens. Uh, so can we be um, loving, caring neighbors in the situation where we have to uh, help somebody uh, to a new life for several reasons, if we take it more abstract? Can we be neighbors or are we just uh, cold blood managers? Yeah. And then the next question, of course, is what difference does it make if I know myself? Well, I think it makes the difference that uh, if you know it could have been me who was uh, in the same situation or actually the older you get, the more situations you've been in. Yes. So you you get the, the more you get. You, more, most people get milder uh, and uh, roomier yeah. and uh, more forthcoming and, and more humble. Yeah. How crazy life can be, and how we can help one another as long as we're here. Humbleness is at least something that, for me, as I'm getting older, I become more humble and more aware of how little I know. Yeah. So I was being brought up with my parents always telling me not to judge people because she never knew their story. So my dad was working with the kids that couldn't stay in school because they had problems. And across from where I grew up, there was a lot of alcoholics. So we were always like told the stories about how someone ended there with like life crisis hitting. Yes. So not to judge people and try and really understand them. And there was a reason why people were where they were. Yeah. But really being humble about understanding how little you really know about people's experiences and also just about life in general. Yeah. Same with leadership. Same with so. leadership. But I really li- like the example you gave, Mats, about uh, this um, mm, dilemma of wanting... For instance, let's say you have to lay somebody off because yeah. uh, she has a husband, he's uh, terminal with cancer, and, yes. but, uh, and she's away all the time. So there are different positions you can be in, mm. and I try to describe them. You can be a professional, yeah. and that is where you are just cold blood man. Just say yes. uh, you have uh, been away for three months, and that's it legally. Goodbye, Ruth. And maybe... For some uh, employees, that's also what they want. They yeah. want it just easy, click on. You can also be uh, private, say, uh, I have also been suffering from cancer and I want to tell you about my whole uh, story about that. It might be helpful. It might also be too much of a good thing. Yeah. So what I'm trying to develop, which is, of course, completely abstract, but hopefully it brings some inspiration. You You can develop a persona, which is... A mask and it sounds mm. very cool but you can develop um, a way of uh, being uh, where you're both a human being and also a manager where you both say I, I will help you uh, as your manager as far as I can as your manager and I understand your suffering because I understand mm. I mean you cannot lie you shouldn't say now I want to be somebody who's empathetic <laughs> if you're not but if you're actually empathetic you, you it is possible to 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 to, to have a, a an approach where you both uh, keep uh, the role of the organization and also show the empathy through the role of organization. And that is actually something differently from saying, um, go away, because according to law, you I can say you should go away. That is it's very different to say, no, uh, I, I, there is uh, these rules. Uh, we will have to solve it. 
I also want to help you uh, as far as I can within the context that we are in now. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. Uh, so so some then, of, yeah. Some of the leaders you've interviewed mm-hmm. that were in these dilemmas. Yeah. How did they react, or like, what did they use to kind of make a decision? And anything that some of them told you that they really regretted, they would have done something different. I I show how they struggle around being either too empathetic yes. and sort of going all the way and to the hospital and etc. Just and the the problem about leaving everything behind and just uh, going uh, going native or going private yeah. is that you forget the task of the organization. Uh, so and that is the dilemma. You have a you have a task as organization. But still, you can be human being. Mm. You can be a human being also uh, as a human being in an organization. But we don't have a. This is my book is one of the first attempts, if not the first, uh, but also quite weird <laughs> approach to look theologically at organizations. Yeah. But usually, we talk about it so uh, distant separated. and separated that it becomes uh, inhuman. Yeah. That either you're a professional manager, just do the thing, yeah. <laughs> you're dead out, or you're like, oh my God, I'm also Mother Teresa, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll go with you. And uh, no, it's in between, uh, you, you, and we can be um, human beings uh, as organizations. Yeah. So if, if people buy the premise that you need to be some in between, like, yeah. you need to take, you need to be responsible for the organization because mm. otherwise you have to fire several people. Yeah. And you also have have some responsibility and humanness towards the person that has some challenges. Yes. So trying to find that balance in between. Yes. How do we find that? But it, that also depends on the context. Yes. And often uh, people, uh, organizations, not not only talk about startups where you have three yeah. people or four or three and a half, but huge organizations, uh, usually they have more resources than yes. they think. And in many of these cases are rather about uh, that people sort of automatically when they are in organizations, they almost without noticing, you change from family rhetoric to legal rhetoric. But I think the family rhetoric is actually something for me that I've thought a lot about, mm. is do you call it a family? Because I was in a company where they said like, the, the top management's like, oh, we're the, the family. But I was like, but this is not a family. Like it's a team mm-hmm. because a family, you don't just send someone out. Exactly. So to die on the island? Yes, <laughs> I, I don't really. I like some of the rhetoric behind the family, but I also think that language is super dangerous because when you then have the challenges, and especially when you see big companies as well saying a family, and they do have the resources often more than the smaller companies to find a way to move people around. Yeah, but and we also have many great yes. leaders who actually help yeah. and are forthcoming and human beings. Yes. It's more. The, what I, this is also a theoretical contribution yes. to uh, to a, a field that is not very well uh, developed. Yeah. HR is also not very well developed when it comes to uh, having a more nuanced language than the uh, than law. Yeah. But so are you asking something? Yeah. So what's your thoughts on using the word family? No. Yeah. It's it's all. Yeah. It's like many other great concepts. It's uh, uh, contradictory and also ambivalent because. Mm, when you are together with your colleagues all the time, and colleagues uh, means that you are gathered together uh, from Latin, you're gathered together because you have something in common. You can be a doctor or you can be wanting to make a startup, a researcher or a teacher, whatever. You're gathered together about something that you really care about. It's not that all over the planet people love their work, but, but many people and more and more people, and this is where it becomes uh, 
both contradictory and ambivalent. It's contradictory because it's not a family. It's an organization and it's a job. Mm. And you would not kick out uh, your father because he was dying of cancer, but here you do. Or whatever problems, you just say goodbye uh, in an organization. You don't in a family. So that's contradictory. But it's also ambivalent because we want to be loved by our job. Yes. We want our work to appreciate and acknowledge what we're doing. Uh, and we um, pay so much attention in our, the hours that we are awake every day, yes. around eight hours. That's really a lot. Uh, and when we come home, we're exhausted because work is exhausting. So we're gathered together with people that we still actually want to care about us. And because we're human beings or because we're animals, we also care about them. Hmm. So it becomes uh, meshed up whether it's actually family-like or it's not family-like. So what would be a better word to use? I, I like the word colleague yeah. because it means you are, we are gathered together. Yes. And where does, where does all this uh, family then uh, language comes from? Probably the same place as uh, transformation leadership literature. Uh, transformation leadership literature came out of NGOs, uh, voluntary uh, studying voluntary organizations um, who uh, have a higher mission. And uh, studying these uh, uh, leaders like uh, Mahatma Gandhi and Mazres and Nelson Mandela and people like that, you we, they found the sociologists that studied that they had these characteristics of charisma and inspiration and all this uh, care, uh, care, etc. Yeah. Um, so out of uh, transformation leadership came also the idea of uh, follows and work as something we do because we believe in a higher mission. Hmm. And then it become, comes really because you can also have these uh, voluntary organizations like Jesus was also uh, an NGO. Yeah. Uh, uh, charismatic movements, also politically yeah. charismatic movements. That they also use the language of uh, family and brothers and sister and brotherhood and and uh, intimacy. So I think it came into corporate life through this trend of uh, how we want to look at uh, organizations as uh, a meaning-giving figures in in our lives. And I think that meaning is so essential, especially for younger generation, where there's different paradigms you've been brought up with. Yeah. But see, younger generation like people under 30 probably 35 as well like that meaning of going to a workplace that is not just a place to get money but mm. where you contribute something yeah that's also a different part of like of leadership sometimes it's super easy if you so the stuff that i'm working on we're working on something that should save people's lives potentially so it's pretty easy to give meaning to that yeah but many organizations are doing a noble call important part of society as well but doesn't necessarily have that super easy goal to provide meaning that we can potentially save someone else, someone's lives. No, but I think sometimes in researchers, we have a tendency to be critical of everything. Yes. But my approach is maybe more like uh, observing and uh, accepting this is where we are. Yeah. People want a meaningful work life. And of course, nothing wrong about that. So what can we, uh, when we study and teach and discuss leadership, how can we help leaders help people to mm. find meaning? Or when they are in crisis and loss of meaning? because of uh, these death or suffering or love that, that, that uh, runs out or evil or mm. when we, how can we, when people uh, uh, experience uh, tough times, uh, make each other more capable of uh, surviving in a better way? Yeah. Are there any good tools for that? I think the, uh, to uh, understand your own vulnerability 
Yeah. Uh, as a human being is the first step. And that can be difficult for a leader because you're brought up uh, in the uh, leadership literature and the, all the way that we're talking in public life about leaders. We're talking about uh, leaders as semi-gods and goddesses, like they are on a very high level, uh, that they are better in uh, all kinds of, uh, all ways of life also, uh, for instance, in sports activity, marathon or triathlon or whatever, extreme sport, which mm. is sort of the sign of how strong they are. Yeah. So how can you, when you uh, are in this uh, world of, of uh, strength and power, how can you all of a sudden realize that you are maybe also vulnerable, maybe also a human being that someday will die? Yeah. How do you see that moving more into the corporate leadership life, being that more vulnerability? I've definitely seen more people talk about it. Yeah. What's the way of doing it in a in a right manner, or there's no right way, but like in an appropriate manner, or it, it is to actually uh, to mean it, to yeah. to actually be uh, honest to yourself. Do you actually feel vulnerable, or you say it because you you think you're it's supposed, to say, supposed to say? <laughs> no, I have to be vulnerable. Because you can also, yeah, that's wrong. What yeah. does it mean? Let me have a tagline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's something you can perform on. We we no. know from uh, studying. Uh, uh, those who are interested in Foucault and his uh, ideas of uh, social technologies, that any word also uh, to be vulnerable or whatever uh, can be a, a, just another way of uh, getting more power over employees. Yeah. And uh, well, then then it's worthless and maybe uh, better to say, no, back off leader. Yeah. Uh, just tell me the rules and go away. Yeah. And some employees actually want that. Yes. They just want the, the professional uh, side of it and to then stay and which is legitimate. Say, I want a very, very clear uh, difference between my private life and my work life. But you also have a lot of groups who, 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 where these two things are uh, intermeshed, that, that um, my, my private self is also my work self. Yeah. And then leadership becomes more complex because you, 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 you will have to remember your um, professional role uh, but also uh, pay attention to the human being that is sitting in front of you and who is maybe feeling that whatever you say in this situation will make the final conclusion on this particular problem. So you have really a lot of power and a lot to say for this type of uh, employees. Yeah. How do you see leadership's or leaders' role in we're facing some societal challenges, especially sustainability? and also health. So Pfeiffer, I think he wrote this article about how leaders are actually killing a lot of people because people are dying from the workplace, stress yeah. and so on. Yeah. How do you as a leader approach that and face like, okay, I suddenly have so much power and responsibility. I might be semi-responsible that's, for someone getting sick. That's also very, fully responsible. That's a very good question because coming back to the La Familia, mm. which is the mafia yeah. <laughs> uh, wording of a uh, family. So you make a mafia or what? You make a culture where people are so intimate so that you are actually, it's very difficult to say you're not responsible when you have, have squeezed everything out of people and they fall ill of civil depression or maybe suicide, which is yes. a, can be a conclusion of that or the result of that. Uh, I think actually it's quite simple in the sense you must go forward as a person and say, it's all very lovely what we're doing here, but I also have a private life. I'm not answering emails after five o'clock in the Danish culture. We have also this interviews 
it's dependent on which who uh, where, where do people come from in the world because work cultures are very different all over the world but in the danish context you should not answer emails after five and not in holidays and not in weekends and then it's like i want to work whenever i want to work. yeah but <laughs> you make an, you make a statement when you are sitting saturday night at the uh, 11.30 yeah. answering uh, in the night answering emails you made a statement of this is of course very natural so y- you should go forward as uh, the human being you want others to be yeah but so i find that challenging and where do you draw the line for we're looking more like the flexible working hours so you can work whenever you want to instead of the nine to five yes many people don't want that yes but then again where do you put the line so and i so i've always worked a lot Yes. From when I was studying and doing different things to to my first or when I was working in Deloitte, where I'm super competitive as well, not competitive towards my colleagues because we were really helping each other out. There was such a collaborative spirit. Like people were really helping each other out so much in in Deloitte. And I really appreciate that. But I was working from nine or eight in the morning till ten eleven most yeah. days. How stupid is that? <laughs> but I loved what I was doing. Yes. I really thought that I was learning more stuff and I could see that we were impacting big organizations. So we were, for example, performance management, changing something for 10,000 people. Yes. That positive impact you can have by setting it up correct or better yes. is so big. But it's a drug. Work, yeah. the work, work life, not for all on the planet, we must yeah. remember that. But to many, it's a, it's a drug and uh, it's seductive. Yeah. Uh, and but and, and this is uh, also part of what I have written about seduction of the seduction of leadership and also we want to be seduced because it is nice to to do things and it it means something to have an impact. Mm. Uh, we also have to realize and keep a, a clear uh, focus on that how it becomes addictive. Yeah. And yeah. coming to sustainability is also about human sustainability mm. uh, obviously we talk about it on as a planet which is very very important and that is also connected to how we are over exhausting ourselves yeah but so when i look but i think personality types are very different and that's something yeah. i'm very aware of in my own leadership but when i look back at some of my happiest times and so on it's either been in in sports where i've worked super hard with them and i was really close as a team yes or the connection also on working hard on the project. And that, that was those long hours. So so that balance of what gives a lot of meaning, yeah. of course also being with my family is something I look back at being very positive and different social interactions or traveling and, and having that fun together. But I also think that going towards a goal and feeling that you are doing something that has a bigger purpose has been very important for me and my happiness. But that is also very, it's, <coughs> it once again shows the context of uh, leadership. Yeah. When you have employees who sort of overperform, yeah. uh, which also happens, uh, what is then the role? Uh, and, and what will help? Yeah. Let's say you're a mature leader who can sort of recognize this is uh, going the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, what can you do? And in a way, you cannot do in anything else than uh, we as human beings can do in general. Yeah. You can reach out a hand. You can say, I'm worried. You work too much. Yeah. Uh, it's not uh, for the better of what I want. Yeah. I, I want you to stay here for long uh, yeah. and and not only for the next three months uh, and then you fall ill. So what can we do to others? We can ask questions. We can say, I see this. What do you think about that? And if people say, no, I've decided to, to work myself to, to a die, what can you do? Yeah. Um, you can make all sorts of restrictions. I'm not answering your emails after five o'clock or I'm not writing any of myself. But if 
the, but this is the and that messes the general gap in between human beings. Mm. We can be so close. Yeah. We can be so close. We can be. Yeah. We are always apart. Yeah. And we only understand maybe our own world. Yeah. So I'm very aware of that. I become very intense on on if I go into a shop, right? Everything disappears around me, and I'm like super focused. And then being aware that when I'm then a leader, I have responsibility for other people. And they're not necessarily getting the same energy from doing the stuff as I am. So that I don't push them to be uh, doing the same as I am. Yeah. And also as I've become older, I've become more aware of the importance of breaks and making sure that people take those breaks. So I have, for example, at, at Kang where I have a team, I tell them that I don't expect them to read emails in the weekend and they don't get extra points. Yes. That the weekend is for taking the time off. Yes. And it's an important break. Yes. So there's no bonus points for opening emails in the weekend. If something is super important, I will send them a text or let them know on Friday if there's something that's so urgent that we really need to get this push for some important deadline. But otherwise, that's, I really expect them to kind of turn off and not be uh, switched on to work. If it's very, it's a variant because I had had the same, but also it, it changes over uh, with age, and this <clears> is where, which is also something we not don't talk so much about yeah. these days. It used to be more common to talk about how human uh, we, we we change our perception through our lives. Yeah. So if we turn seventy-seven as an average of how old you can get, you will realize how many times you change your understanding of the same thing. Yeah. It can be the, the time you had in school. We we know from from science it changes how people, how people view look at the, the yeah when they were kids in in in, uh, in secondary uh, school and in gymnasium and it changes the way we look at our love life and the way we look at uh, now my kids are grown up the way I look at who they are and what happened is different from mm. when they were small and and the way I look at myself in relation to my family has also changed so th- and that's the wonder of life how uh, things uh, change. Yeah. So I also today I look at my work life very differently. I used to think it was super important, and today I'm like, it was important. But since I can't really remember what it was exactly <laughs> that was so important, maybe it was important in another way that yeah. I thought. And what I thought then was uh, very important. That was to be immediate, for instance, in answering or stand up for new tasks and solve them now, etc. Yeah. And today I'm like, no. If I walk out of my door at uh, five, and I out of the way of that though think oh my god I should also have written too my, f- my first thought is uh, if since I have forgotten it cannot be important yeah. and I go home it isn't a decision yeah. I shut down the, the laptop and that's it yeah. it's almost I, it's like you know um, uh, forbandelse uh, a curse a curse that now <laughs> it's closed for today <laughs> and it cannot be opened yeah. because if I open it you know, it will be Pandora's box something bad will happen no it's, yeah. it's a picture because if I don't do that I could be sitting you know and just, and it doesn't make so much difference anyway how as I thought yeah. I thought the, more, the, the things I did blah 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 would be more inter- uh, more important yeah. than I think today yeah so I have especially with emails I I try and block certain times a day where I answer email, so I don't get interrupted all the time. But that's also after I saw a study from so London University that looked at people having emails and different things coming and distracting them, notifications and so on, and the performance gap. And that yes. apparently you lose 10 IQ points from being that distracted. And someone smoking weed only loses five or four. 
So someone sitting next to you smoking a joint is probably more effective than uh, than yeah. you sitting with all the emails coming up. That's a it. It's an science is important. Yeah. Because from studying these things, for instance, yeah. we know more. Yeah. It it and uh, I have another uh, colleague researcher. You look also at interruptions, and it, whenever you've been interrupted, it takes around four to five minutes before you have full focus mm. again. So. Yeah. We, we need to be more aware that we are human beings, yeah. that we are just animals like the rest of them. Yeah. We think we are more clever because we have more foldings on our brains, but in a way we're not. Yeah. We try to game ourselves and uh, it, it, it doesn't it turn out that successfully as we thought it would. No. I have been invited to give a short inspiration talk about how I work with my leadership. Leadership 4.0 is the title. And how you lead in a digital age and some of the tools and so on. Any recommendations for, for that that I should be aware of and, and take in? I think honesty yeah. is really the best word. As yeah. a, uh, humbleness and honesty. Because uh, that there are so many expectations and people want us to be this and that. But we learn much more from being honest. Yeah. First of all, to ourselves. Mm. So what do I actually think about this? Do I actually like it? How do I experience that people want me to like it? For instance, being a leader. Hmm. People want me to love it because it's my company. Maybe I don't like it. So spending time with ourselves and, uh, and, and realizing what are our actually thoughts and feelings about what we're in for the time being and what do we want to do to that? That is the best gift you can give yourself. Hmm. That's a good advice. I'll take that as the both for the the talk, but also as one of the parting advice. Thank you. Where can people find more about you? <laughs> <laughs> the book. <laughs> the book. No, uh, it's on yeah, a website Camille, as well. Uh, yeah, a website <laughs> called uh, camillaslog.dk. Yeah, I'll put uh, that in the show So notes. it's uh, l s l o k. Yeah. Dot dk. Yes. Slug. <laughs> <laughs> and what about any social media, LinkedIn? other places to follow you or is it the website that's the best place? Uh, I'm also on, li- on LinkedIn with my name and yeah. social professorship and I'm not on Twitter. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I also post on Facebook my research. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Camilla, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.